Lord bless you and help you. And may your time with us never be in vain. And I pray that even as you join us, may you also receive understanding and may you also receive a word in season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Tell somebody by you, put on a Christian look. I don't just want a happy face. I want a joyful face. I want a Bible-believing face. I want a Jesus-believing face. Amen. Hallelujah. For the next half an hour, we are going to have a look in the Word of God. And I know we are going to be blessed because we are looking into the Word of God. And we are going to be blessed because we are alive and well. And we are striving to know him more and more. Amen. As long as we have breath, there is hope. Amen. So long as we have breath, there is hope. You know, because sometimes we can waste our days focusing on what we deem as hopeless. But so long as we have breath, there will always be hope. And there will always be light. Amen. We're going to continue having a look at righteousness. And hopefully becoming more and more like what Christ has envisaged that we should look like. Amen. Has somebody ever been described to you, talked about to you, and then when you see the person, you're either disappointed or really excited that the way they said the person was is how they was or even better, or the way the person was is much worse. It's almost like what they were saying about the person was so exaggerated, isn't it? She's absolutely beautiful. She's stunning. She, and then you see her and you're like, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, sometimes people can get a new boyfriend and it's like he's out of this world. And then when you see him, it's almost like he came from underground, you know? So, yeah. And you are almost, you don't know whether to lie, to stick to you know, or just to stick to, or just to plead the faith, you know, and stay neutral. But I pray that all that God says about us, believes about us, expects of us, will come to pass. Amen. So, Joe, your father says, what are you thinking that you are not saying? Amen. That is when you, you wish you could be in somebody's mind to know what they are really thinking. Do you understand? Yeah. That is why there are certain expressions like, oh, it's not bad. You know, somebody will say, do you like my hairstyle? It's not bad. How do you, does this dress fit me? Oh, it's not, it's okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's all right. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know that they, they can't tell you what they are thinking. Amen. Let's look at, before we go back to uh, Matthew says, let's look at Matthew 5 first. I just want us to look at a few verses there. And know that this is a serious matter. Tell somebody that this is a serious matter. And tell the person, do you remember last week? That it's not what you are thinking. 
Yeah, so Matthew chapter 5, it's always been described as well, the sermon on the mountain, all that, but I pray that we don't just treat it as a sermon, but Matthew 5, um, let's look at the King James first, and then we'll look at the Message Bible. Verse 5, the Bible says, Matthew 5, 5, the Bible says, blessed are the meek, which is right, blessed or blessed? Sorry? Based on what did you decide that blessed was the right one? I just want to know you're blessed. Okay. They said that it's blessed, so we'll, we'll stick with it. So they say that depending on which part of the world you come from, is blessed or blessed. Okay. Blessed are, <laughs> blessed are the meek, for they shall... If you are online, you can give us your response. Is it blessed? Is it, I mean, or you are neutral. You can also stand in the middle. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I think this passage is such a nice passage, isn't it? Yeah. You know, make sure that every season, every you read some of these words of Jesus, encourage yourself. And keep pressing on because blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See what I keep telling you? It is not what you think it is, isn't it? Because you look at some of these things that they are telling us that if you have a pure heart, you will see God. You would think that if you are really, really anointed, you will see God, isn't it? Yeah, you will expect that you need, a, you need to be deep, deep, have a deep attitude to say. And then, but it says that if you have a pure heart, it says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Ish. So it means that there could be somebody who has memorized the Bible cover to cover, but they will not be called the children of God. Yeah. I want to look at verse 6 in the Message Bible. It says that you are blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink in the best meal you will ever eat. Amen. For those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. And the message is putting it in the ghetto language and is saying that, listen, wake up a good appetite for God. Do you know that if you have an appetite for something, you really enjoy the food? Ooh. I'm telling you, occasionally, not every time, but occasionally, I can have 
I, especially when we have finished a fast, you know, or we've had a fast, especially when it's a totally dry fast, towards the end of the fast, I can create an image of a meal that, and you can ask Reverend, for the next couple of days before the actual meal will arrive, I'll tell him that we are going to, yeah, you know, and then I begin, to, I begin to organize. And most of the time, it's nothing complex. If I tell you, you'll be like, oh, Reverend, I thought you were come to say some major. It's nothing major. It's just like some three or four ingredients needed for something. It's something that maybe even on an ordinary day would not be of any interest. But when you work out an appetite for, you know, whatever, maybe spinach and something or something and something, I mean, and you see that by the time that meal is prepared and you sit in front of it, oh. <laughs> it says that his food and drink in the best meal you will ever eat. I don't know how many of us can even pinpoint and identify that this is the best meal I've ever eaten. Because every now and then you will go and eat something else that becomes the best meal you've ever eaten, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You might have eaten some fried rice and something till you eat another kind of fried rice and you realize that there are levels. Then you eat and you realize that there are levels. Do you understand? Those who like kebabs, whether it's shish kebab, Lebanese kebab, African kebab, uh, suya, all levels of kebab, you realize that you can eat a kebab and then you'll be introduced to another kebab, then you see that. Because I'm not mentioning names, but we have people who are really kebab experts in this room. Do you understand? They are really, 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 really kebab. And when I say kebab experts, I'm talking about international level kebab experts. Do you understand? So even in different locations, they are able to identify high quality kebabs. Do you get it? And then every now and then they are reintroduced to new places of better kebabs. Do you understand? But the scripture is telling us, listen, the one that God is serving is the best ever. Best ever. Best ever. It means that you go and try and try and try and try other things and still come back and realize that this was the best. Do you understand? Because you see, I told you last week that the righteousness that we are focusing on and the emphasis we are placing is mainly in our relationship with God. Do, do, do you understand? And I'm trying to bring us to the place of realization that what is God will regard as right standing with him may not necessarily be what man will regard as right standing with him. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And so the Bible is telling us that, listen, what you really need is you want to be where God wants you to be. You want to be doing what God wants you to be doing. You want to be behaving what, how God wants you to behave. And you want to, you know, just have more of him. It's like, just have, you wish you could. You know how you can see a little baby? You know babies are so innocent and nice till they cross a certain age. <laughs> I tell you, below a certain age, they are just, their angelic features makes you want to carry them cuddle them. You can't even imagine that in 10 years' time, this child can be rude. <laughs> in 12 years' time, the child will tell you, I won't go. Can you pick up, go to the room and get, no. Or they'll be stroppy. And, you cannot even I I imagine that. But then at a certain age, and they're like, oh gosh. They see, I mean, they bring joy. You, you know, I have two grandchildren that I really love dearly, and I 
like having around and I really enjoy. But you see, as the years ago, I'm beginning to realize that sometimes when you're around, by the time you've had half a day, you are totally worn out. Do you, do you understand? They'll say, Nana, sit here. They'll go and hide you in the kitchen. Hide you. And they are forgetting that, first of all, you are not as tiny as them. So it takes them less than a split second to sit on the floor, less than a split second to get up. And they can do that maybe 200 times in maybe half an hour. And they expect you to be at the same pace and at the same level. So you see that your appetite for them begins to go down small, small, bit by bit, by bit, by bit. Do you understand? And sometimes our appetite for God can also go down bit by bit by bit by virtue of the cares of this world, the challenges of life. Do, do you understand? And that is why scripture is telling us, listen, it is such a blessing when you have worked up a good appetite for God. I pray that as the days and months and years go by, your, your desire for God, your desire for the things of God, your hunger for him, your hunger for his word, your hunger for his presence, your, we're just going up and up and up and up and up. Do you, do you understand? Because he's saying that it's the best appetite you can have. Amen. You know, some people take various vitamins to enlarge appetite. I will not comment on that. I will not never comment on that. I refuse to comment on that. Let's now continue. Matthew 6. So having that as our backdrop, that we want to thirst and hunger after righteousness. So we want to understand what we are thirsting and hungry for and what it is what it means to have a good appetite for God. Some people have a good appetite for food. Some people have a good appetite for drink. Some people have a good appetite for sex. Some people have a good appetite for fighting. Some people have a good... People have good appetite for different things. Some people have a good appetite for shopping. Oh, 24-7. They can shop physically in town center and then shop online and then shop what other forms of shopping. I mean, they can clear all forms of, you know. Yeah, there are some people who watch QVC all day. They'll buy chain. The people will come and show the necklace, turn it around, show the stone, describe it. This By the time the person will know it, they are ordering one. Matthew 6, last week we looked at the fact that our duty to God, our duty to our fellow man, you know, what our Christian duties were. We looked at the fact that fasting helps us to develop self-control. And all these things are building us up to have a certain kind of relationship with God. And I always say this, and I don't think I've said it in a while, but I want to encourage you that as a Christian, you know, your emphasis should not be on what am I not supposed to do? What is that? What is, and your emphasis should be more in desiring to just please God. You, do you understand? You see, when, when, when you are a student, you, you shouldn't, especially if, let's say, if, you've gone to, if you went to boarding school or you went, you shouldn't, your focus should not be on the fact that you don't want to be caught misbehaving. Do you, do you understand? You don't want to be caught. Doing, no, your desire and your focus should be that I spend my time well, that I get my assignments done. Do you understand? And 
even though you are trying to get to the same thing, you see that the emphasis is different. So your emphasis should not be that I, I shouldn't do something wrong, but your emphasis should be that I should engage myself in A, B, C, D. Do you understand? Rather than I shouldn't engage myself in E, F, G. Because then it means that you're actually spending more time on the do nots rather than developing the do's. Because the more you develop the do's, the more irrelevant the don'ts become. If you love your wife so much and you're always in a hurry to come home, anytime you have a moment to call her, you send her texts, you check up on her, you send her WhatsApp, you go and buy her cake, you buy her flowers, you buy her paracetamol, you buy her this, you buy her that, you buy her that. At what point are you going to chase somebody? At what point are you going to spend money on somebody? At what point is your mind going to be on somebody? Because the other side of it is also the one that who is always around. Hey, this girl is nice. No, I don't look at her. Hey, I don't. You are still trying to live right, but you are spending all your time trying to overcome something. I don't know if you are understanding what I'm saying. So I'm praying that we become people who are more engaged in our relationship with God and developing it rather than trying to make sure we are doing everything right. Because so far you've seen that as you try to do everything right, you still fail. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yeah, you still fail. But you will see that once you begin to focus on what you should do, and then you are just doing them. And you are doing them from a place of love. And because you know that the more you engage in something, the more you engage in somebody, the more you, draw, you are more endearing to the person, the more you draw closer to the person. Those who are thinking of calling somebody are different from the people who always call that person. Yeah. That's why some of the medium, and I'm talking to somebody online, some of the medium by which we are caught in, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. I, this is a word for somebody. It's, it's not helpful. That is why our relationships are not going deeper. Do you understand? Yeah. Because when you go on either WhatsApp, text message, this thing, even I love you, Reverend, they can't even write I love you. They'll use I, heart, and a you or something. Do you know that that is very different from somebody who has picked a phone and said, hello, I called to say I love you. Or somebody who has gone all way, the way to somebody's house and said, I came to tell you how much I love you. And the one who is sitting at home and received the text, we said, I heart you. <laughs> ah, Agnes, tell them, tell them, tell them that this is not right. This is not right. Yeah. Because we are even becoming so lazy that even the sentences we are writing, we are cutting it short. So how will you develop a good appetite for that relationship or for what you are doing? By the time they finally get married, even in the house, you have to use text. Are you upstairs? Come downstairs. 
Haven't you realized that there are people they communicate so well over some of these meals, and then when they meet face, they can't say anything? We finally went out for dinner. How was it? He didn't say much. She didn't say much. I pray that we don't bring that into our faith walk with God. Short, short answers. He gets 10 minutes in the morning quiet time. If he's lucky, he'll get a few minutes during the day. He gets a little time. We will always be battling with sin, with what is wrong. Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? Is this wrong? There are children who are in school who may not be regarded as bad children, but they can live all their years just trying to avoid being in trouble. Or even just being in trouble. They are just trying to avoid being in trouble. How long can we stay for break? How long can we go over the break without being caught? Somebody's preaching for themselves. Matthew 6. <laughs> yes. When did we go? Last week, Thursday, is it? So last week, Thursday, we were driving somewhere. And then I just remembered a few years ago how many times I had chased school buses on that road. So you see how the school bus would stop here and pick up children and stop here. Obviously, some people, where the school bus is supposed to stop and get them, they get there, they get there like 10 minutes after the school bus has already been there. So Schumacher has to try and go and meet the school bus. Yeah. I saw, and the, when we were going, the bus was in front. I said, this bus, the number of times I've chased this bus. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. Let's read from 19 now and look at a few more and then we'll go home. Matthew 6. See, but that, you see, that same person could have woken up every morning and decided that um, registration or school assembly is at 7.30 or 7.45 or 8.15 or whatever, you know, and uh, Mr. Hotshot or whatever, you know, will be. I really want to see him. That will move them to make sure that they are there at 8.15 so that they can see Mr. Horshot. Do you understand? Rather than, okay, approximately four minutes, we'll make it through to, then and if there's no traffic, we'll sort of catch it. At, <laughs> Matthew 6, 19 to 21. We, we, we do the same with our relationship with God. Enough to stay afloat. God cannot call this sin. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm, I'm technically, technically. Yeah, technically. Technically. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> oh, you too. Anyway. <laughs> Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves Treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you come to realize that now when it comes to even wealth, the Bible is cautioning us about our relationship with wealth. Our attitude or the concept, or what we envisage 
when we have abundance of possessions. Yeah. So your motives for wanting wealth, your motives for having wealth, and also how you use wealth is a reflection. I don't know if I'm making sense. Why do you want to increase in wealth? How are you behaving now that you have increased in wealth? And what are you doing with your wealth? So it's not about the wealth. It's always about you. And the relationship, the healthy or unhealthy relationship you have with wealth. Do you know that there are poor people who have a very unhealthy relationship with wealth? And then there are rich people who have an unhealthy relationship with wealth. So it's not whether it has come in abundance or not, but how you relate with money. How you relate with whatever you regard as precious or valuable. That is also a reflection. So when you have somebody who is supposedly a strong Christian, you know, they don't say no fornication, no smoking, no top 10. They have cleared all. They are a1, 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 A1. But to give their neighbor five pounds. Oh, you have to write an essay, dissertation, explanation, come to jury, come and defend reasons one, give ten reasons why this five pounds must come to you. In fact, you almost feel sorry for the person and think that they don't have. But it's because of the kind of relationship they have with money. When you find yourself in a place where every time you are saying, I don't have, I'm sorry, I can't help. I'm sorry, I can't. You should just know that. It doesn't matter what environment it is. It could be family. Because sometimes within the family, it's like, oh, let's contribute to help this. Or let's contribute to buy this. Or, or let's... Whether it's to do funeral, whether it's to do wedding, whether it's to do birthday, even within the family. Yeah. You may be sharing a house with people. We are going to do food shopping. You don't have money. We are going to do this. You don't have We are going to do this. We don't have. The only time you have money is when you are in the shop to buy something for yourself. We are talking about, right? I told you that the righteousness we are discussing is not as you think it is. It's not as you think it is. It's not as you think it is. Yeah. See, when you see Christians, when you see Christians having deep debates on tithing, on offering, yeah, there. Old Testament scripture. In the New Testament, this has been eliminated. We are not under the old, we are under the new covenant. In the old covenant, the new covenant requires that as we feel and as we desire, as and when, and when we are there, and we are there. The reality is because you have an unhealthy relationship with money. And with wealth. And also because you don't want to 
be given in a way that appears insignificant. If the church needs something, they should let us know. We'll sort it out. You think the church is a, a, a begging bowl? One pound, one pound, one pound. Don't you put don't worry. In a few weeks, I'll be on the stage. You'll be fine. Just, just contain for a while. Soon. <laughs> Reverend, can you give us the next point? Nope. Nope. No, 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 because, because we want to live our lives pleasing God. We want to live our life representing him. Anyhow he wants us, any way he wants us. When the love is real, it is not dependent on behavior or attitude or even what you have. When I get more money, I'll give more. If God wants me to start tithing, you should give me a better job. Good job equals good tithe. Bad job equals no tithe. And you realize that the 10 pounds you can give on 100 pounds, there's no way you can give 100 pounds on 1,000 pounds. And as for 500 on 5,000, God forbid. May we have a healthy relationship. Amen. May we have a healthy relationship. Verse 22, the Bible says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in your conscience is darkened, amplify, how dense is that darkness? Somebody say, mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Yeah. What is he talking about? Our relationship with light. We just looked at our relationship with wealth. Do you know that Generally, bad things happen in the dark. The mice come out to play in the dark. Cockroaches come out in the dark. I mean, except the really bold ones in that um, hall where they have that venue where they have. <laughs> Very few places will you find rats who come out during the day in the presence of men. Yeah. Yeah, in certain places. We, as we started our missionary life, one day we lived, Pastor William, we lived in a place. That was when I knew that you have to love God properly, properly, properly to go on missions. I mean, I don't know. We stayed in that place for like three months. Yeah. Because it was a city we didn't know. So it wasn't like, oh, let's go. And this was a place somebody had found for us. It was like, listen, half a loaf is better than that. It's a room. It's a place. In fact, it was big. Oh, the place was very, very, very big. Very big. But as soon as you enter the place, you see that something is definitely wrong in this place. Hey, pass this up. And so because of the presence of big 
mice and are they rats or mice? They are rats, cats. She. So, as a family, we used to make only one trip to the kitchen after a certain time of the day. So, everybody makes their list. I want water. I want a glass of juice. I want a biscuit. I want a this. I want a, because it's one trip. <laughs> Nobody's going back into that room. Then, when you are going to, you switch the light on and step back and give them a while to relocate to their various hiding places. Then when you hear, because you hear the sound, you hear the, everybody's re-going. Then when it goes quiet, you can say that, okay, the coast is clear. <laughs> you go and quickly pick up the things you need. And then, and then you try and step out before you turn the light off. Because as soon as you turn the light off, they'll be back into the community. Eesh. We are laughing at, what was the flat number? No, 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 no. It had some number. Easy number. One six, one six, one six five. Hollywood, whatever. Look at the name. Holly, Holly, Holly Road. Yeah. Do you know things that are really bad? They stay in your memory for a long time. <laughs> things that, things that, <laughs> they stay in there. And our, we shared the. It was a a a a, bang, a detached house, so we shared the place, so it was two apartments in one, isn't it? We shared it with a, a totally crazy man who was okay with the mice because he used to move around in the dark. <laughs> Can you imagine that if your life is in the dark, the rats and the mice that are playing around? It says in your conscience, the animals that are operating inside, in your soul, if it is dark, the things that are operating inside, do you have the option to switch the light on and wait for all the rats to disappear before you step in? No. When you wake up in, your ma- in the morning, your mind just comes up with you. And you see, the reason why this is relevant in that walk is because you need to assess yourself if you are afraid of the light. See, righteousness is a very personal thing. We can think that you are not afraid of the light, and you look like a light person, and you look like someone who actually enjoys the light, but you know that you don't like the light. You know that you always like to turn the lights off because you see, when the light is on, you can't tell me that you don't see the spots on your face. You, you cannot say that. You can see. If your dress is dirty, you can see. If it's dark, you can't see. So you can make excuse that it's fine. That's why we are afraid of the light. And when you are afraid of the light, then it means that there's a separation between your work with God. Because if he comes, he brings light. When he's dead, darkness disappears. Anytime he appears, darkness disappears. Anytime he appears, everything is open and naked before him. Everything is exposed. Man will not see, but God will always see. Man will not know, but God will always know. 
And that is why when you allow the light in, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect, but it means that you are ready for it to be exposed. You are ready for him to work on it. You are ready for him to get rid of it. You are ready for him to wash it. You are ready for him to tidy it up. So it is imperative that you stay in the light. It is imperative that you become the light. So his light shines on you, and that light that shines on you. You know, when Moses even reappeared, the people couldn't even look at him because of the glory that had come upon him. So you become the light that when others see, they, they are also illuminated by the light. Now you become light. We are the light of the world. But then when you don't want, you are even afraid of the light, that means that when people who are dark, in darkness see you, they also, no change. No change. No change. You have been working at the same place. No change in anybody. Nothing has affected anybody. You are in a house with people who are into all sorts of things. No change. Nothing. In fact, your presence does not create any, does not enhance anything at all to them. They look up and say, oh, did you go to church? Oh, wow, powerful, you're back. You, are, you have no impact on them whatsoever. Whatsoever. And sometimes you want to force your impact. You people, you, you, are, you are going to hell. They are, they are not going to, who told you they are going to hell? They are watching where you are going and they probably don't like the location and the direction and the place you are going. Do you know when light appears, it doesn't have to say anything. Its presence is seen and felt. Darkness only appears when light is taken away. I pray that we will shine God's word in our actions will shine God's word in our decision taking. You see how you remain in right standing with God. Yeah. I want to go and slap this person. <laughs> what will, what does the word say? So even though the desire, so the desire to slap is not necessarily what is wrong, but what you do with it. I don't know if I'm helping somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have, you are, you are about to take a decision, you shine the light on it. You are doing something, expose it to the light. Expose it to the light. You think about it. Sometimes the way we are having bad thoughts about somebody, if for whatever reason there's a manifestation and your whole thought appears on the screen, It's like, because as we are sitting down now, either you may have a bad thought about me, or you may have a bad thought about somebody, or even somebody who is sitting right beside you. But nobody will know. But you are the one who can shine a light on it. You are the one who can shine a light on it. You are the one who can. You see, 
It is not the big things. It is the little, little foxes that spoil the vine. It is not the big things. Righteousness is not about any deep thing. You wear long gowns. Now part of your body shows. You're you dress in there. You look holy. You, those are not, that is not what it is. That's not what it is. When you can carry yourself, you know, come, worship God, sing, praise God, whatever, this. And within that same 24 hours, the same Christians that you were sitting by, sitting with, hugging. What was the song we sang on Sunday? I need you. I love you. And then you get home and say, I'm about to stop the choir. They just irritate me. I can't stand them. With time, you will come to realize that I'm not pleasing God. Forget man. And you see, sometimes you can go and expose yourself in a place where people who need the light get even darker because of your presence there. Somebody say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. May we come into the light. May we have a desire. May we have a desire that our very lives. And you see, every area of your life, your marriage, your finances, your whatever it is, you want to expose it to the light. I, I, I expect that you should be able to come to my home and the way you think Reverend and I are at home, we should be like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I also shouldn't be in a position where when you come, I have to remember that now we have guests. Honey, how are you? Do you want to drink? And then Reverend will also look confused. <laughs> Reverend will also look confused. Okay, what's, what's up? Then he'll turn and see somebody at the door. Then he will also get the gist. He's like, honey, I am a glass of, you know, then we'll all be acting and playing. <laughs> then as soon as the guest goes, give me the glass. <laughs> I was come to leave my drink with you. Let me give you a last one. Let's go home. James 3, the Bible says in verse 17 and 18, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy. Do you remember the Sermon on the Mount we read? The blessings, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Wow. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. You want to harvest righteousness, you have to plant peace. You have to plant peace. In fact, when you read these two verses from the Message Bible, it says that real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Can you imagine that even being able to get along with others it's a sign of your righteousness. 
Gee, it is a holy thing to be able to get along with people. Because you can find Christians who are mean. They can be nasty and do it in a very spiritual way. So when they see you, time of saying hello, suddenly they remember they have to pray in tongues. Even husbands and wives do it. You're annoying them so much they'll pray in tongues. As soon as they hear your key in the door, you have opened the door, you have come on kaba shata baraba. You don't know whether it's an insult, whether it's a declaration, whether it's a prayer, whether it's an upliftment. Begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with her. It says it is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. Not hot one day and cold the next. Not two-faced. How many of us don't lift your hand, but you can see that sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're cold. Sometimes you're single-faced, sometimes you're double-faced. It says that you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and honor. Wow. You know, I want us to go deep into this one. Hopefully we'll continue next week and see the power that comes out of sowing seeds of peace, being a peacemaker. Do you know that if you don't have peace, you can't succeed in anything else. Yeah. If you don't have peace of mind, you can't even think. Where there is no peace, there is no progress. Any life that is not at peace, you can't progress. Any marriage that's not at peace, you can't progress. Any church that is not at peace, you can't progress. Any relationship that is not at peace, you cannot move on. That is why we actually have to fight for peace. Fight for peace. Fight for peace. We have to fight for peace. And you shouldn't tolerate anything that wants to take that peace away from you. Shouldn't tolerate. That's why sometimes you can see that there are even individuals that your relationship with must change. So that you can keep the peace in your home. You can keep the peace in because every time they appear, even among your relationship, you can see that they are trying to create a division between you and a good friend who is a blessing to you. This is your friend. You have to watch her. 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 I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say everything, but just keep an eye. Keep an eye. Everywhere they create trouble. You see that through high school, through your life, through your work, you come to see that there's people who are anointed to create confusion and bring chaos. There are people, they can go into a church, you can see that as soon as they come to the church, they'll be liked by everybody, held by everybody. Within two weeks, you see that the whole church, everybody is upset with each other, angry. And then when they create such great animosity, then they go, next location. It will only take a while before you realize that, oh, if you had checked just, you would have known that they are leaving a trail behind them. There are wives who know, there are husbands who know that there's a particular friend of their spouse who, as soon as, 
Oh, I'm going out with Johnny. You know that trouble has come. You know that trouble has come. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going out with Janet, you know, because by the time your wife comes back, she's moody. By the time she comes back, she's... Everybody's husband has been doing this. Only you. And you know, the day before, she was happy. She was okay. You were giving her two pounds. She was happy with it. Let's... You know, let me leave this scripture with you. When you go home, I pray that you will meditate on it. I want to finish this thing. Actually, I can. Isaiah 32, the Bible says in Amplified, verse 17 and 18, and the effect of righteousness will be peace internally and externally. And the effect of righteousness will be peace internally and externally. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. My people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, in safe dwellings, and in quiet resting places. May the Lord bring quietness into your life. May the Lord bring rest into your habitation, into your dwelling place. As you continue to sow seeds of peace. May you live a dignified and an honored life. In Jesus' name, amen.